Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years experience helping families with their babies and toddlers. She's here to take your questions and make the tweaks to help your life be a lot easier. Um, So now's your time to write in. If you have any questions, there are a number of ways you can do it. If you're watching this live via Facebook, you can call us. It's 1-800-543-772 or you could comment below the video and write your question there. The other way you can get in touch is by emailing us and we'll Chris will answer the question, <laughs> not me, next week. Um, just send it to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. So we'll start off with a question. This is from an email from Lucy Suze, who has an 11-month-old. I got in touch a few weeks ago about night weaning. Ha ha. Yeah, so that didn't happen. Um, our 11-month-old uh, walking bottle and boob fed boy is still waking up during the night. Now, at this stage, I would say, okay, things will change. Just be patient. Nah. But my mental health is suffering and my yeah. seven-year-old has taken to call me grumpy mama. Oh, it's time. It's time to change it. He is textbook during the day. All sleeps happen during school drop-off hours. So around 9 a.m. after drop-off, I give him a 125-mil bottle. We go for a walk in the pram and he sleeps for around one to one and a half hours. I need this walk and if he sleeps in his cot at home, that morning sleep will be his long one. Then we play lunch, usual baby and mother stuff. Then I try to get him back for his nap around 1 p.m. Then wake him to go pick up daughter at 3 p.m. if he hasn't woken already. The dinner and bath... Uh, then dinner and bath and back to bed around 6.45. So he's usually asleep by 7, 7.15. Perfect. I do feed him boob and bottle in his room before bed. He does get drowsy and then I either put him in his cot semi-asleep or he is slightly awake and I just shush or pat him to sleep or calm him. So getting to sleep is not usually an issue. The problem <laughs> is anywhere between 12.30 and 1.30 he will wake. So I either settle him or give him a boob feed. Then he will wake again around four or so, and again I settle or feed him, hoping to be Jesus that he sleeps till at least 6 a.m. The issue is on one of these sleeps, he can take up to two hours to settle back to sleep. So we have set up a couch bed in the room and lie, lie there shushing him. Sometimes I just end up sleeping there. It feels like he does want to sleep. He just finds it tricky. So when he is whiny in the morning when doing school, um, school setup stuff, yeah. Side note, he is in his own room and cot and has been for a long time. When he was waking up a lot more, sometimes I would take him to the bed, but I usually found that neither him nor myself could sleep any better that way. So ideally, I keep him in his cot. So my question, ha. (laughs) I love that you've got humor, Lucy (laughs) Suze. Do I just suck it up and wait? He is 11 months and when he turns one, everything will miraculously improve. Bless, what an idea. Should I then go for the night weaning process? We have tried and my partner was in there nearly two hours till we finally went, okay, give him the boob. But maybe we can try again soon or when he turns one. I don't want to give up the boob entirely for a while. I had trouble um, in the beginning. 
but in uh, but in the work and started to enjoy it after five months. So she put in the work, yeah, sorry, yeah. started to enjoy it. So reluctant to give it up too early, but happy to sacrifice a night. Or should I try something else? Right. So you don't have to give up breastfeeding. He's breastfeeding in the day really well. He, he needs three breastfeeds during the day, one in the morning, one before he goes to bed at lunchtime, and one before he goes to bed in the evening. But then he sort of gets a mixed message about what goes on at night. So if I wake up, I get another boob. So that's great. So when I wake up again, I'm going to need another boob. So I think you're in a good place during the day. Um, the pattern seems fine. Generally at this age though, they're awake for three hours before they go to sleep. So he's sleeping from 9.30, I think it was when you went for a walk after the school drop up till 11. So sometimes they're not ready for a sleep until about two in the afternoon. He'd probably sleep to about 3.34 and then he would go down at seven. But that's the only little sort of rejig that I would do during the day. I think at night it is not going to get better because he's 12 months old. He'll be 15 months old and still doing this, if not more, because some of the developments that are going to happen is he's going to pull to stand, walk around his cot, wake up, talk for a long period of time. And when your husband was helping you or your partner was helping you to settle him, it took two hours. And apparently the other night he was awake for two hours anyway. But in the dead of the night, it becomes really hard and we fall back to what we know. But in this case, I think the only thing you have to do is tonight wean him. So you don't have to wean his breastfeeds during the day. It's just to get him into a pattern of self-settling at night. So as they start to wake at night, he can put himself back to sleep without needing the boob and that very tactile comforting that comes with that. So you're doing some pat shushing that I noticed in the day that you do or when you put him down in the evening. So we're just going to apply that pat shushing to it. And I would use a pattern, well, actually it's, it's it's difficult because 11-month-olds know what you're up to. They're very sneaky. They, they know when the door opens who's going to come through it. But I would probably let him self-settle for five minutes, go in, shush pat till he's calm and walk out and and then, you know, give him a slightly bit longer, maybe six minutes, seven minutes, go in, pat, shush till he's calm and walk out. This is very difficult to do this, but this is actually what I would do because each time you come in and out, he thinks he's going to get a feed. It is better if dad could do this, maybe over Friday and Saturday night where it has less impact, but it literally takes three days to do it. So if you did it for two hours and then he got a boob feed, he goes, well, they'll just give me a boob feed next time. So I think you have to set yourself up for this little window where you actually do it for three nights to then be able to say that we've tried that. Before be we do anything to know, else, wouldn't it? Because yeah. um, we have been. To, I was just touching the screen, yeah. trying to make it move. It's yeah. a laptop, Siobhan. You can't do that. Um, it, it sounds like Lucy Seuss has had advice from us before, and it didn't go so well with night. Because night she did it for two hours and then gave it a, him a breastfeed. Okay. Yeah. So the idea then is um, probably to apply similar that advice that you yeah. just gave them, which is probably the, the same, same as advice, before, but they have to apply it for a longer, for stretch. a much longer, and for more than one session. Um, now, so they never learn in one session. So with um, <laughs> this is a radical idea. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, I guess it's an ideal situation, but would it be better for Lucy Sue's if her partner like if she just went okay I'm not doing anything in the night yep. for three nights yeah yeah and if Lucy's if your partner's in a position where she can help you she yeah. or he can help you go in and settle 
Yep, absolutely. The baby, then that would be ideal because that's then there's the no most association. Ideal. Okay, that's the most ideal. It's very, it's hard, isn't it? It, it is, is really hard, and yeah. and no one, I don't think anyone, if you rang, you know, the local Tresillian Caratone, I don't yeah. think they would tell you anything different. In fact, I think you'd end up with lots of different versions of it. But he's eleven months old. He doesn't need a night feed. It's mm. time to move on. Yeah, and it's. These cases, they don't suddenly miraculously, like she was laughing about, if she just waits for 12 months, he'll just sleep. They don't, they don't do that. No, so, they're in a pattern. Yeah. Right? So it becomes more and more learned as they get older. But also he changes in his sleep pattern. So you know that stage, and I'm sure everybody's had that stage, where they start talking at night and they're just talking. It's really annoying to the person wanting to sleep. But they're just talking in there and then that gets into a little whinge and then they self-settle. And that could take 20 minutes or 40 minutes. So babies are going to have stages of wakefulness at night. Really, the the um, problem here is not him waking. It's his inability to go back to sleep without mm. needing that very tactile association to go with it, whether, you know, it's a bit of patting, whether it's feeding. It's mm. such a tactile thing that they're looking for that to go back to sleep. And that's, you know, habit formula, behavior formula. And the only way it's going to fix itself is by giving it a couple of days to do it. But I do say that if it's not working after three days, we should stop what we're doing. And I've always said, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing this a week later. It should be better in a week. Mm. So three days is my limit. If that isn't working, something else is probably going on. Um, and the most common thing we see is that they might've just changed tact a little bit, but the first night it will take you between an hour and two hours for him to go down comfort even if he gets hysterical pick him up give him a little cuddle put him back down so the message here is put you back down give you comfort help you go to sleep no boob no boob (laughs) we're just taking one one bit away no boob yeah and then you'll see it increase and he'll sleep longer and longer and you'll be doing it less and less so cross your fingers and cross your toes but I think what you have to do is when you're ready to commit to this you've got to commit for the three nights Good luck, Lucy. So we are with you. We know yeah, it's not easy. We do. We know it's not easy. And if there was a shortcut, we'd be doing the shortcut, Yeah, basically. Well, good luck. And if there is any other <laughs> call help us back. we can give or write you. back. You do yeah, good emails. Yeah, maybe call if you yeah. can. Yeah, it's a pretty funny email. But if, yeah. you, if you want to call, that might be more helpful. Yeah. So we'll be back at the same time next week. Absolutely. At 11.30 Eastern Standard Time. Um, we have a question from Lisa. Lisa okay. says, generally speaking, does a bottle have the same effect as a boob feed? Yes. So the the bottle and the breast, so sure, we don't know how much is in the breast, but in the sequence of the feeding of the baby, it's the same thing. Right. Yeah. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed Play Love will be back answering more questions right after this. Sometimes parenting can be challenging and sometimes it can be a downright laugh. Yeah. <laughs> you give them a um, LCM, you know, those terrible... Terribly good, you mean. <laughs> I, I make give my them... own homemade version. We call them bubble treats at home. I call them energy bars. Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't want breakfast cereal mixed with melted marshmallow? I dare you to find someone who says no to that. I'm Siobhan Hunt and a Parent Panel is a weekly podcast I host where we invite a mum and a dad to discuss the events and stories of the week. The Parent Panel, available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. Uh, this one comes from Kathy. 
from last week regarding her 15-month-old. She says, thank you for your help then. Yeah. It was, it helped. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to give him one nap a day by stretching his nap till 11. Yeah. The days I have managed this have been good, but as it's early days, sometimes he's as, he is tired by 10. Yeah but then has his usual 40-minute nap. My husband can rock him to sleep and settle him. Sorry, I hadn't mentioned that. <laughs> it's only if I'm, I'm around he'll want to breastfeed. After a few successful and emotion, emotion-filled days of trying to night wean him and get him into his cot, yeah. I decided I'd tackle one challenge at a time and Good just work, work on cutting his second nap. We are moving soon, so I think trying to get him into his own cot at this point will backfire when we move and we will have to start all over again. So for now, I'll stick with one day nap and try and reduce the night feeds in our bed. Um, Thank you very much for your helpful advice and gentle approach. Yeah, moving house won't send it backwards. As long as you're consistent, um, moving house shouldn't send where you're at backwards. So with moving of a house with this age group, I would just make sure his cot goes into his room that it's of a similar darkness or lightness that he's used to if if he was in the cot at that stage. And it shouldn't make any difference. So I wouldn't overthink the move as much as you think it might. Yeah, that's your advice as well with most Mm. things, isn't it? Like even if a baby is sick or um, there's a I just modify things. Yeah, because if we use that as a reason why things get out of whack, then they'll get it. Then they'll get it. Yeah, that's right. That's so interesting. So we overthink it and it's actually a little bit more simplistic for babies than we think it is. But we sort of modify and adjust and... You know, if they're sick, we don't go in as hard. We go softer. We stay longer. Yeah. We might pick up, give a cuddle and put them down, but we wouldn't suddenly go from no feeds to suddenly feeding them. Right. Unless okay. They, yeah. Well, thank you for that comment, Kathy. I'm glad that yeah. Chris's advice has helped you. This one comes from Jasmine. Um, I'm trying to transition my eight-and-a-half-month-old from three to two naps. However, I'm finding it really tricky. Is it better to slowly shorten the third nap or go cold turkey and bring bedtime forward? Which leads me to wonder how early is too early for bed. <laughs> Lastly, I would like to start thinking about night weaning. My daughter has one to two feeds a night, usually just one between one and three a.m. And I'm wanting to know how do you stop feeding overnight? Okay. So I think in this case, what I do is I move each awake cycle a little bit so it absorbs that third sleep of the day. So with an eight and a half month old, they're so close to nine months. But what I would do with this little one, just to adjust to the two sleeps in the day, is I would keep her up for about two and a half hours. So I'm just edging out. If she's normally awake for two hours, I'm just edging it two and a half over a couple of days, just moving 15 minutes, 15 minutes, that will naturally move the next one down a bit further. So um, so two and a half hours, then give her a sleep. Hopefully she sleeps for an hour or more. And then in the next window, I'm going to slowly move her out to three hours and then put her down. So if she was up at six and went down at 8.30 and slept till roughly around 10, then she'd go down about one and sleep till three. And that will have absorbed that third sleep she's having. Then you get to that night period. So, and this relates to your second question, which is about how, oh, sorry, yes, about the how early is too early to put them to bed. And I generally go for 6.30. 
So I think 6.30, you know, even if they only slept for 11 and a half hours, you'd be back to 6 o'clock in the morning, which is reasonable for her age. So if she's not slept as well, I'd probably do her dinner just a little bit earlier and a bath a little bit earlier and give her her final feed for the night about quarter past six and have her in bed at 6.30 and it shouldn't make a difference to her night generally. But then you have a question about the night feed. So she's now up to eight and a half months and you've got her on one to two feeds. But the really good thing is that she's generally on one feed around the one to three o'clock in the morning. So once you feel comfortable with the day and you've got her into two um, sleeps in the day, then what I do is instead of maybe offering both breasts at night, I just offer one breast and get her back to sleep. And then after a little while, I just shorten that sleep. So at the beginning of the week, you might only be giving her one breast. By the end of the week, you might only be giving her a few minutes on the breast and then take a couple of days and do some resettle or she'll just sleep through herself along that way. So I think you can just wean down that night feed and you'll be able to just have a couple of nights where you resettle her and then she'll have gone through the night. Then you can sleep all All night. Lovely. (laughs) Good luck with that, Jasmine. Um, This question comes from Stephanie. I have a 10-week-old little boy as well as a three-year-old. Yep. My 10-week-old self-settles really well at night when I put him down drowsy but awake at 7 p.m. and sleeps until 7 a.m. with one feed at around 4 a.m., which he also self-settles back to sleep from. Daytime sleeps, however, are a different story. Oh, right. (laughs) He sleeps in a carrier as I take my older son to preschool and then will sleep on me after his next feed. For his next nap, I feed him to sleep on my bed so I can synchronize both boys' naps. For his last nap, it is often in the carrier, either because I can't get him to sleep in his bassinet or because we head to the playground. He cannot self-settle during the day, and if I can get him to, he will sleep for either 10 minutes or maybe 40 if I'm lucky. Now, um, we've got two questions here from Stephanie. One, when should I expect self-settling for day naps? Should I be working hard on it now or can I wait a little while? I don't want him to get used to only sleeping on or with me. Okay. So I think he's a little bit young for three sleeps in the day. He's only a 10-week-old baby. And I think you're trying to blend the two boys together too rigidly. So it seems like the toddler's getting all of its needs met. I'm at preschool. I'm up to the park. Um, toddler's down for a nap and you try. Ten-week-olders aren't quite at that point. That's more like a three- or four-month-old baby. So I think you might be just going in a little bit quick. So the general with a ten-week-old baby, they tend to feed about every three to three-and-a-half hours in the day. They tend to be awake around an hour and a half, maybe a little bit shorter. Um, So they almost have four sleeps in the day if they're feeding in that pattern. And so the second part from what I'm getting here is he has different messages about how he goes to sleep in the day. So he gets one in a pouch, he gets one in a bed, he gets one maybe in a pram or a pouch again. And it's a little bit, he doesn't know. So at 10 weeks, I would be thinking he'd need two sleeps in his bed. Um, generally speaking. And sure, on the preschool days, it might be a little bit of a juggle, but if he was up at six and down at 7.30, he could have an hour sleep in his bed before you then went off to the preschool run. So preschool is usually only a couple of days a week. So the other couple of days, we need to put baby back in the whole picture. So put him down an hour and a half after he woke up in the morning. We need to get him to settle and sleep in his bed. But at this age, it's 
not necessarily what I would call self-settle. So I'd wrap him, cuddle him, pop him down, tuck him in, dim the room, just like a stock standard, putting the baby to sleep. Leave. If he started crying, I'm back in there and I'm helping him. And at 10 weeks, I am helping him. So I'm rocking, I'm patting. If that wasn't working after five, six, seven minutes, then I pick him up, give him a cuddle, calm him down and pop him back down again. So I think you've got the right idea, but I think he's a little bit young for it. And you need to go back to that rapidness of the feed and sleep cycles that 10-week-olders have. So I'd have a little bit of a think about that. And then what you're doing is more appropriate for a slightly older baby. That What you've just answered may cover off some of the second question. Oh, it says, okay. um, should I be strict about a routine at this point? Yeah. I implemented one at eight weeks with my other son, but it's harder when I'm also managing a toddler. My baby is still sleeping most of the day, so doesn't have long awake periods. Oh, so she's still, so he is sleeping for long periods. Mm. Mm. Mm, I'm a bit confused there. Okay. So it sounds like he is sleeping for long periods. He's sleeping. He's just not going to sleep well, I think. He's not sli- He's not self-settling. Yeah, because in he's sleeping in her arms. So we would be having him in his bed, and I think that would change the sleeping pattern because okay. he's sleeping because of movement. Okay. So it's, So would that be the kind of routine you um, suggest she adopts at this point? He's now putting him down a lot more. He'd need okay. at least two sleeps in his bed in a day. So I usually with a toddler, the mix would be there's two sleeps in the day that it's about the baby and there's two windows in the day that it's about the toddler, like going to the park, going to do something with them, you know, getting out for a play date. But it's trying to get a balance. So that first window of the day is about the baby the next bit is about the toddler, say from 9 till 12. Toddler goes usually down for a sleep around 12. So 12 to 3, you're at home. So it may as well be about the baby going back down. And then that last window between 3 o'clock and 3, 4 o'clock and 7, that's just really chaotic. It's just survival of the fittest in that window. <laughs> and pop him in the pouch and go for a walk or, mm. you know, get him off to sleep. But I don't think he's been put down enough. Can I ask, because I know this is something I yeah. had real problems with, um, she mentions here, um, Stephanie mentions that she will go down to sleep um, with both of them yeah. at the same time, like she'll lie down with them because yeah. she's trying to synchronise their day sleeps. Yeah. How do you, I how never do knew, you? how do you do that? How without, do you synchronise them? Yeah, yeah, so I mean that seems to be something that is um So he's a bit, a bit young, he's a bit young for synchronisation because his day doesn't start the same way and his, sleep, and his feed patterns aren't the same way. Okay. So sh- say you've got a toddler that's going down at 12.30 and you just want an hour's peace where all the babies are in their bed. Yeah. That doesn't occur until they're somewhere between three and four months okay. because you can't manipulate them as well. So if that little baby woke at six and fed at six and then 10, it may not be due for a feed until one. So if you're trying to synchronise for 12, it may not be ready for that cycle. So how do you get the toddler to sleep when the baby's awake? How do you get the toddler? Oh, you put him in a bouncer and just go and put the toddler in its bed. Okay. Yeah. So you're thinking you're taking everybody with yeah, you. Yeah, well, that's no. why. <laughs> that's, that was my problem. No. So the, the, if, if your baby was awake and your toddler needed to go to bed, I'd probably put him on the floor on the mat for a little bit of a play and a kick, or I would put him in a little bouncer so he's quite safe and secure, and then I would take your toddler, change his nappy, give him a cuddle, a kiss, put him, get him ready and put him down to bed. So a toddler probably only takes you 10 minutes to get to bed at, at a long 
push. Not my babies, no. but anyway. <laughs> That's so a whole other, other story. Yeah. Okay. What I did with my children. At yeah, Google. what not to do with your children. Okay. Well, um, look, all I can say, Stephanie, is um, with that information, hopefully I think it's helps. just a little bit young for what you're trying to do. I okay. think if you hold off and wait another month, I think you'll get more traction, but you've got to start putting him down in his bed so he knows how to self-settle in or how to settle in a bed. Okay. Yeah. Good luck, Stephanie. This question comes from Hina, who has a th- three and four months, three years and four months okay. daughter, still refuses to be toilet trained. She's aware of when she needs to do her business, but refuses to use the toilet. Yeah. She can stay dry for four to five hours and is oh. quite capable of pulling her undies up and down when we try to wear undies at home to have some nappy free time. Should I persist? This is such a tricky one. Um I would ask, do you think she's been defiant or is she just not ready for it? So just not ready for it is I'm playing happily in the corner and I'm playing and playing and playing and then she just wets herself and she has no recognition that she's wet herself. I would say she's not ready for toilet training and some children do take a long time to toilet train. But if she is doing the wee-wee dance where she's standing on the spot wiggling backwards and forwards and you're saying, come to the toilet and do a wee, and she's going, no, that's more of a defiance about it for some reason. little trick to try on the weekend while it's still reasonably warm, although we're not sure where Penna is, but try just putting a T-shirt and no undies on her because sometimes they get a better sensation that they need to go to the toilet and they're more willing to run to the toilet where the, sometimes the safety of the undies sort of says it's okay to do a wee in the, in the undies. So this is a little thing that you can try and work out whether she's been a little bit defined or whether she really does have a problem. Um, and if she does, if she just wees with no, you know, she doesn't even know she's doing it, then I would say I'd hold back for a little bit and retry again in a couple of months. And if that one doesn't work, then maybe going and speaking with your GP might help as well. Oh, yes, yes, she's being defined. Oh, okay, so she's being defined. Um, Then try, uh, so at least we found that out. So if she's being defined, try the undies off um, and see what happens then because I think she'll get more of the urge to go quicker and see if that works without you having to do anything. And then I would go back to a little bit of um, toilet timing. So about every two to three hours, I'd just say gently, Let, we're going f- for a walk, um, let's try for a wee before we go um, and see if you can get her back into the rhythm of going to the toilet. The other interesting question is, does she toilet train herself at preschool or daycare, whichever she might do? If she doesn't get the nappy, she'll hold her pee for t- six to eight hours. That is wow, that's impressive control. <laughs> if nothing else, that is impressive. Annoying control. for mum, but take her undies off and see if she see what happens because I think she'll get more of a sensation to start going. Mm. But if she can also do it at daycare and take herself to the toilet and she's never wet and she follows the teachers, she is being defined. So I would just take her undies off this weekend and. So we're staying at home and you're going to do some wheeze in the toilet and sort of let it go a little bit, but keep an eye on it. Would it make any difference with 
keener if um, her partner was able to be the one there? I don't think. As long as both are on the same page, I don't think it matters um, with them. But I would say to her, no, we're not going out this weekend. You need to do your wheeze in your toilet. So you're just having a quiet weekend at home. She's got her undies off, warm the room up a little bit. It's a bit cold now. Um, And see what she can do when she doesn't have the safety Mm -hmm. of something on and see if she can make it. And every time she makes it, big high five, doing a great job, moving on. No bribery, no corruption, just big high five, you're doing a great job, move it on. Cool. All Good right. luck. Okay, we've got time for one last question. This comes from Kelly. She says, hi, Chris, my seven-month-old currently has three sleeps a day, but there isn't much consistency to them, and they gradually seem to be getting shorter. Shorter. I'd like some advice, please, on one, how many sleeps he should now be having and when, and two, what we need to do to achieve this. Okay. Okay. So we've got some notes, too. We've got some notes, but I I think sometimes it's good just to go straight to your advice without that. So at seven months, we're now moving more to the two sleeps in the day. So that might help. Um, consolidate a couple of those sleeps together. Mm. So seven-month-old, they're usually awake for two and a half hours in the first window, three in the second window, and three and a half in the third window, which sort of gets you to the 6.30, 7 o'clock window. So the first thing is how long is he staying awake and can you gently move him into those time frames? And that'll move him to two. I think maybe back in bed after 2015. So I think we'll just edge him to the two and a half and see if we can get that sleep there. But he usually sleeps for 90 minutes in the morning, so that's really good. So if he's awake at 6, he's going down at 8.30 and getting up at 10. So then you want to get the next window, edge that window to the three hours. So just do it in little increments um, across the next couple of days to get him to the three hours. And what he should do is consolidate the two naps he's having in the afternoon to one sleep. So if you got him down, let's say around the 1, one thirty, depending on a day, and he sleeps till 3, 3.30, then I'd try and get him through to that 6.30 window. A seven o'clock at the latest, but 6.30 window and get him down. Because it seems that from what you've written here, he actually sleeps well. It's just that he's got lots of sleeps across the day. Mm. So I think the last two, we can consolidate those two together. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we have time for and helpline on this episode of Feed, Play, Love. But before we go, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, then you will have heard me mention our producer's name quite a few times. Her <laughs> name is Elise Cooper. She's been with us for the last two years. Yes. And she has been fabulous. She's the one on Helpline who picks out the questions, makes sure that they're answered. She mm. follows up. She lets you know. Any show like this can't happen without a really good producer Producer. behind us. And she's leaving us. So today is her last day. I thought it was a good opportunity to say goodbye. And if you're wondering why I'm not commenting about my Millennial Brains Trust anymore, it's because Elise (laughs) won't be here. Um, So big thank you to Elise and we wish her well in her next role. She'll be fabulous. Um, As for us, we will be back next week, same time. Um, So if you're watching us along the Babyology Facebook page, thank you so much for all your questions. And Chris, thank you so much for your time oh it's always a pleasure this has been helpline on feed play love hosted by me siobhan hunt if you want to ask chris your questions for the next episode you can email them to us directly the email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au 
Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.